0: Screen Thought lovers, it's Hollister here, who also is going to start using my real name, Christine Mercer, and I'm here with my friend Louise Lloyd from across the pond. Louise, say hi to everybody at Screen Thoughts. Hi, everybody at Screen Thoughts. (laughs) Louise and I went, first of all, we went to the Regal Cinema. We wore our masks inside. We chose a seat that was at least eight feet from anybody else. And uh, we went at 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning thinking it would be empty. It wasn't empty, but we felt safe. Did you? I felt very safe. Yeah, I did Are we allowed to say that we then Mm. stuffed ourselves with chocolate and popcorn? No. Oh, And you're allowed to say you did. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we went to see the James Bond film. Okay, now... James Bond, Dr. No, was in 1962, and I saw it at the time. I was nine years old, and Louise is close to the same age. Did you see when it first came out? I don't think we went to the cinema when I was that Mm -hmm. age. I saw it later on the television. But we've got to keep in mind that since Dr. No came out in 1962, there have been 26 James Bond films. Can you imagine? Wow. I would never have imagined there was that many. I know. Well, now keep in mind, it was based on the Ian Fleming series of books, but a couple, the last couple, and certainly this one, has nothing to do with Ian Fleming's vision of who James Bond was. No. And we're going to talk about the film in a minute, but I wanted to go over just some a little bit of the history because this could be, it's possible this will be the last James Bond film, but it's certainly... The last James Bond as we knew him. And we're not going to do any spoiler alerts, at least at this time. So let's just give some numbers. Skyfall brought in $1.1 billion. Hello. 1.1. That's a lot of donuts. I know. And Dr. No, just to give you some perspective, keeping in mind that it was in 1962, right? Yeah. So Dr. No brought in $59.6 Back then, that was probably a lot. I don't even know what it would be worth no, today, and exactly. I should have looked it up. Yeah, right? Yeah. Absolutely, really, really. Okay, Diamonds Are Forever, which is another one I remember, was $116 million. Goldfinger brought in $124 million. I would have thought it brought in more. Well, what year was it? It came out in 64. Okay. So- okay, but keeping in mind that in 62, when Dr. No came out, Dr. No was like nothing anybody had ever seen. Yes, it was it, And it was the special team. effects. I mean, he had a car on Aston Martin that did stuff that nobody had ever imagined a car could do. And instead of it being in cartoon, it was in real life. So everybody went to see Dr. No, and at the time, it was cutting edge. You know, he had a watch that did all these things that nobody ever conceived a watch could do. He had a car that could blow things up and do all. It was really very imaginative. Okay, so there was a huge buzz around all of that, and really there were not a lot of films that followed up after that which took on the same kind of cutting-edge stuff that nobody had ever seen before. So Goldfinger was only two years later, so it's not surprising that Goldfinger did as well as it did, I would think, right? I would think so. Yeah, but but interestingly enough, Each film has made more than the film before, except for a a couple of cases. So it has, the trajectory over the last 60 years has been such that... It's made them a lot of money. Yeah, well, I don't even know what the franchise is worth because there's so much more than just the films. You know, there's streaming, there's figures that, you know, are sold in stores and stuff, but really, unbelievably, unbelievably. So do we know what the latest film has made? Yes, it hit the box office and made $53 million the first weekend. That's just domestically. So it's going to be a huge hit. There's no question. Now, before we get to uh, the film, I know everybody's anxious to hear what we thought of it. And frankly, I think you're going to be shocked, but I wanted to go over the women of James Bond a little bit, because after all, that's who listens to us as women no woman has really started her career and become famous by being a James Bond girl. Like, it's always announced like it's a big deal to be a James Bond girl, sort of like being a Victoria's Secret model. But the truth is, it's never led a woman to success in film. So I'm not sure I'd want to be a Bond girl. But well, it's
1: almost like they were objectified rather than appreciated for their acting abilities. Well, they were objectified, yeah. So yeah. The, the acting got lost in the... yeah. In the mix there.
0: Well, there's a cultural movement about James Bond. Actually some of the women's groups are accusing the Bond films of being close to rape or being actually rape kind of films. I do not experience I don't either. There's total consent on both sides. Yeah. But at the same time, it definitely objectifies women. There's no question. Well that was the the culture back then, so Well not only was it the culture back then, it would never it would have been inconceivable for a woman to have had Been a James Bond character because we didn't have any role like we were secretaries. We were we were not going to be. There was no Clarice Starling in the James Bond era. Let's put it that way. No one
1: could relate.
0: But the women of James Bond, I guess the one most interesting, Goldfinger, which was the again was the you know the third installment uh, of the film franchise, saw Shirley Eaton play the iconic Jill Masterson. And some people think Eaton died during the filming because she was painted head to toe in gold paint. And I remember when that went on the screen, everybody's like uh, gasping in the audience. It was just, it was just so off the charts. And although her character was killed by, they called it on the in the film, they called it skin asphyxiation. Rumors of her death were the kind of urban legend that you know that it just flourished in that pre-internet era. And Eaton was and is, in fact, still alive, especially since she stopped acting and moved out of the public eye right after Goldfinger was launched. That's interesting. Yes. And she was a huge icon. I mean, everybody, you know, she was the one where they had posters. It was sort of like Farrah Fawcett at that time. Everybody had posters of her in their dorm rooms and everything else. So now how many of the Bond films have you seen? Probably most
1: of them. Do I remember them all? No, but it, it's just the, when they come out, at some point you see
0: them. Okay, and what are people in England? I mean, they had the big premiere was in England and, you know, the royal family came, who cares, but they did. Well, the and, Queen was in one, don't forget. Oh, she was? No, no, not really. Right, 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 yeah, right, right. Yeah, she also parachuted it into an yes, Olympics. She did, so, so, exactly. so she would, it would be <laughs> yeah. close to her heart. But I think that they have owned it as part of the culture over there.
1: Is that right? Yes, I because mean- we don't have as many, like you have Jason Bourne and all those other um, right. movies that you have series of, and, um, and
0: this one is so iconically British. It is, as are you. <laughs> well, thank you. Oh, I'm not sure I'm saying it as a compliment. I'm taking it as a compliment, <laughs> you, however it's meant. Okay, there you go. There you go. Okay, let's get to it, my friend. I went in. First of all, I had no idea it was three hours. Did you? I'm not sure it is three hours. I think it's because we had a half an hour of previews and we're not used it to that. I think it was about two, two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. I know it was long. Long. I was there. I was riveted. Yes.
1: From beginning to end, it's like it didn't seem like that long. It seemed like it was maybe an hour, an hour and a half the whole way you're absolutely gripped by what's going on, the visuals and the storyline. And there was only a couple of corny remarks by him that I'm like grimacing at, but for the rest of it, they had to put some in because that's that's part of it. And the- there
0: was one with the um, woman of color who plays the new Bond, or plays the new 007, I should say. And that's, we're not going to give spoil alerts on anything else, but... Uh, she had one corny line too. Yes. It was like it was ridiculous. You, you have to have some, otherwise it's not James right. Bond. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, but it's back. It's been it's been six years since the last Bond film, and part of it is because there were three pandemic-related delays. Okay, so No Time to Die is the twenty-fifth official 007 film. And it's the last one to star, Daniel Craig, who basically said, look, my body can't do this anymore. And what it takes to be a Bond is physically draining. And he said he had too many times they had to bring in someone to do his stunts for him, a stunt specialist. And he doesn't want to do that. Good for him, right? Yeah. I see. he can see he has run his course. But I don't think he's one of the better Bonds. Nobody
1: (laughs) is as good as the original which was? Sean Connery. Yeah, you think? I mean, he was he's the iconic James Bond. The others are all pale
0: shadows in comparison. I think he lacks a savoir-faire that made Bond, Bond. Bond had this thing of cool, calm collected in a way that nobody else could possibly be. And there was a, a way he approached everything with total command and, you know, I think Daniel Craig gets scared. <laughs> You know? And maybe it's because he's old and he was having trouble doing the stunts. But I don't think he has that Bond better than everybody in the history of the worldness about him. Are we talk about
1: Daniel Craig now. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think he has. He doesn't have the. He's he's not very tall. Which bless him, it's not his fault. But I imagine Bond as being somebody tall and burly and strong, and and so physically, to me, he doesn't look. He's a good actor, but he doesn't look like a, a Bond as I would imagine them.
0: And yet, sky falls over the building dollars, so a lot of people did like it. Well, him. luckily
1: for them, not everybody is
0: of the same opinion as me. Right, and not only that, as discerning as we are, wouldn't you agree? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but here's the thing. I couldn't help but think, this will be the last Bond film with James Bond 007 as we know him. Possibly. You know how they'll, they'll go back and okay, do one. Okay, whatever. But- whatever. And I sat in there and I thought about in 1962, Bond was saving the world. And you never doubted that the world could be saved because there were people like James Bond saving it. Okay, now we're in 2021. And I feel like the world's falling apart. And every day I wake up and I'm worried about what's the future gonna look like for my child. And then I just thought, Bond, you can't... Even though I haven't gone to most of them, I've probably gone to 10, all told. Like, you can't leave me. Please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. Yeah. And the other thing is, his love interest in this, he's madly in love, we can tell you that. And she's like one of us ladies. Come on. She's beautiful, but not in that exotic way that you only see on a runway, which has been all the other women in his life. And also, he was never really attached to anyone before. And... He's in love, and there's a great love story that comes and weaves throughout the whole thing, and the opening is to die. Yes, so, the opening
1: is spectacular. Excuse
0: the pun. You know, like, yes. Um, a Time to die. Okay, but she's somebody who you would be glad if you settled down with her. Yes. No, you, not quite the girl next door, but almost. Mm-hmm. And the tale about using a virus, you know, and we're not going to give you much more than that. Again, we don't want anything would be a spoiler and then you won't enjoy the film as much. Using a virus in today's world is a brilliant, brilliant moment because, you know, it's just just a brilliant moment.
1: And it makes it that much more alarming.
0: It does, doesn't it? A little bit too close to the real life. His love interest is played by Lea Seydoux and I will tell you that... um, She's a French actress, and this is what um, Joji Fukunaga, who is the director of the Bond film, said the following. She has an impossible-to-replicate charm on screen. She is paradoxically equal parts elegant, almost catlike, quiet, observing, sleekly moving through a scene, and truck driver. I love that description. <laughs> do you see it? I do. Yeah. She could could be doing anything, really, and and look good doing it. You can't stop watching her when she's on the screen. And, frankly, you watch her before you see him. Yes, you do. Yeah. And so I think she's amazing. And then she says, when I played Madeline, I was first degree. There was no distance. There was no irony. My positioning as an actor is something that I really love. So she just said she played it straight her. She didn't take on another persona or anything else, which I think, you know, says a lot about it. So good for her is what I say. I think she's wonderful. I think it's a wonderful role, and I think she's the best bomb woman I've seen. She's the most genuine. Mm-hmm. That you can see her as a
1: real person that is, is rounded rather than just a figure.
0: And I can't help, I would love to hear, and I tried to find out before we podcast tonight and I didn't see anything written yet, I'd love to know if men like her as well as the others who are more exotic, unreachable, unreadable. You know, she's in it. You know, I'm she's, guessing they do because she's more attainable. You think? I don't I know. I do. I don't know. I don't know. Interestingly enough, I thought this film, I've always felt in the last 10 or 15 or 20 years maybe that the Bond films are just so many action sequences of blowing everything up and to me it wasn't entertaining or interesting or engaging they 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 didn't seem connected I, I agree I just felt like okay how big can I blow this up how scary can I make the drive or whatever okay but get this so Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she's the second female screenwriter credited for writing on a, a James Bond film after the Irish screenwriter Johanna Harwood for both Dr. No in 1962 and From Russia and Love in 63. Okay, so they've had only two women screenwriters, 62, 63, and Now. And all three of those films, in my opinion, are the best plot films written by a woman. It's interesting that they're written by women, don't you think? I think women can make things a lot more complicated and thus make them more <laughs> interesting. <laughs> to say nothing of we can make it more than just blowing up things. Yes.
1: There's got, yeah. you, you have to have
0: a storyline yeah. behind the visuals. Well, and the more intimate, the storyline, if you combine an intimate storyline, in my opinion, with this kind of explosive special effects and and you know driven these men are driven all of them if you if you sort of mix those together I think it's a winning ticket Possibly the old James Bond films were more for men because it was Blowing Up and
1: Beautiful Women, whereas this one is for both genders. I think
0: it is. I, which I would, may be
1: why it will be more, most popular.
0: Right. I'm going down to Florida soon to be with my significant other, and I, I I, might even see it again with them. And I would never have done that with any of the others, you know? Yeah. Yes, it's worth seeing because there was so much going on. Okay, couldn't help in the middle of it. You know, I'm, I, I just keep thinking of all these white men over the age of 50 in Washington messing up my country and the world. And if there was ever a case for white men over 50 are not allowed to have power over anything other than changing the oil in the home car, this makes the case for it. Every single person in there that's messing everything up is white male over 50. I'm just saying, I'm just saying there's a reason that, you know, that we're in this mess and I couldn't help. I am I probably shouldn't say it. I know some of you will write in and, and and even pull away from us. I get it. But there is this piece of me that says, why don't we just turn over the power in the world to women and see if we can't do a little bit of a better job?
1: Although uh, Daniel Craig was the first white man over 50 that was actually saving us. Um,
0: as a po- what do you mean? They all were. In the movie. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. But he also messed up. Yeah. I mean, He's a man. On. What do you expect? Yeah. Okay, now a couple of fun things. The type of mask. You know, first of all, we got to talk about Rami Malek. He was brilliant. Oh my God! Now, as always, ah, oh, always brilliant. And I saw him being interviewed, and he talked about, you know, he he was in um, Bohemian Rhapsody, right? And he said that everybody would come up to him and say, "Oh my God, I loved doing that role," etc. And he said he was sort of tired of being in that position, and now. He said, the funny thing is, everyone looks at him and crosses the street now. (laughs) The makeup and his delivery, his timing, his silence, his eyes. God, he's good. He's
1: very good. You want a
0: villain, he's it. Yes. But I don't think he's a villain in real life. He seems very sweet. Yeah. He tells that wonderful story on Graham Norton. Did you see it about his twin brother? Yes, I did see it. You, um, you want to tell it or you want no, me to? You, you tell go. it. No, you go. No, because I can't remember it. He tells this wonderful story on Graham Norton. Look it up if you haven't seen it. Where he has a twin brother, identical twin. His identical twin brother was flunking his Latin class or Greek class. Greek. Was it Greek? Yeah. And so. And it turned out that Moloch had just finished some sort of something where he had memorized one of the great God speeches of all time or whatever. So his brother's like, look, they said I could improve my grade if I came in and I did something special. Something. Exactly. So he tells him, OK, here's the map, how you get in. Here's what the professor looks like. This is what you do. You sit down. He'll call you up. So he goes in. He sits down. The professor calls him up, he gets up there, and he delivers, he said, an Academy Award performance of this, whatever it was he was delivering. And then he looks over at the professor, and the professor's looking at him quizzically like, what is going on here? And so afterward, everyone clapped, and he was just so proud. And the professor said, could you step out here? And he said to him, that was amazing. And he said, thank you so much. And he said, I really would like you to stay and do it for the next class. And he was like, I'm not doing that for my brother. So he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm double parked. I have to leave now. Anyway, I also didn't think he should tell that story to the world because his brother falsely got passed a class. He did, but
1: I'm sure they're not going to take the qualification away, whatever it was. Anyway,
0: he's an entertaining storyteller in real life and he doesn't look like the evil man that he is in this film, but God, he's good. He's so believable and so good. He was perfectly cast for that role yeah so do you recommend it would you tell them 100 okay what do you think the people over in britain are going to say i have family
1: members who've been to see it who say it is brilliant they all love it Hmm.
0: well the type of mask that he wears in the film is known as a no mask it's n-o-h i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right i hope so and they're made by carvings from blocks of japanese cypress and then they later paint them with natural pigments. That's what was on his face, and it really works. It's so realistic looking. He doesn't look like he's been made into some sort of freak. He looks like a freak who just ended up yes, being that Yes, the makeup way.
1: is amazing.
0: Yeah. Now, the opening, by the way, is very unusual. You don't see the credits until six minutes into it. And we've seen that with Bond before, but this is an uh, opening like we've never seen. Normally, Bond films open with these incredible, you know, chase them sequences, right? I mean, you're energized right from the beginning, and this one starts with a love story. So I think that was a brilliant, brilliant move, you it, know? By the time they, they had the credits, you were on the edge of your seat saying, I need to see more. I know. I know. It's great. So we highly recommend it. We hope you'll all go. Uh, Let us know what you think. And the music is amazing. I
1: forgot the music. Yep. When they do the typical Bond music during one of the action ones, be aware of how it makes you feel. It really is moving.
0: Not only is it moving, I forgot to mention that. Thanks for bringing that up. Bond music has transcended the test of time. It doesn't feel like something from the 60s. No, it wasn't. It was exciting. You're absolutely right. That is exciting music, but it de- also, you know, definitely transcends time. The other opening music is from the West Wing. The West Wing's opening, you don't mind listening to it. I don't know how many times I've listened to it, but you don't Tell mind. me, do you like the West Wing? <laughs> None of your listeners would know
1: that, I know, would they? know they
0: don't know. No. <laughs> No, Aaron Sorkin. Remember Aaron Sorkin? Anybody dead or alive that I could meet with, I want to have lunch with Aaron Sorkin, which I acknowledge means I am shallow with no depth. Because give me Abraham Lincoln or Aaron Sorkin, I'm going to Aaron Sorkin. But anyway... Uh, The music is phenomenal and it has definitely withstood the test of time. The other thing is Billie Eilish, who by the way writes music for people much younger than the Norm who go there. She did the song No Time to Die and it's phenomenal. Go look it up on Spotify everybody. There's just no time to die.
1: I can't think of any criticism for this film whatsoever. I can't either. Isn't that weird? Other than not having a short break in the middle so that you can use the bathroom.
0: Yeah, it's a long film. Yeah, drink your soda slowly is is all we have to recommend. Thanks for being here, my Thank friend. Thank you Louise. for having us. Yeah me. we had a great time and Wilder will be back next week. She's not going to theaters yet, but she will be soon and God what a great time it was. Thanks for listening, everybody.